invite you to enter this portal of strange and unimaginable. I simply ask that you suspend your judgment and expand your mind in the vastness of the unknown. Come witness the wonder that is our reality. The truth is out there, and so am I. Wife of a Demon Hunter, extraordinary tales of all things paranormal. Hello, my name is Dorinda Stewart, and I am the Wife of a Demon Hunter. My guest today is Jess Kavanaugh, born in California, raised in a New Age-style belief system, then became a born-again Christian. She currently lives in a small oil town in North Dakota with her current spouse and her daughter. She's about to launch her new business called Blessed Energy Company, which we'll talk about later in the show, and is a part-time demon hunter. Welcome, Jess. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Hi. Thank you for having me. My first time. <laughs> <laughs> This will be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be painless. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> hopefully. We've, we had some technical difficulties earlier, so hopefully this won't uh, uh, happen again. Okay. You have traveled to foreign lands as a missionary for several years, trying to find answers to your questions about good and evil. You had a feeling of being lost. What was the holes in your search? Um, well, I really did believe in, in Christ and my connection with God. Um, which was opposite from what I was taught with my parents. Mm -hmm. um, but there were a lot of holes when it came to a lot of the experiences that I had had my whole life and that I was seeing other people have, which is um, feeling energy, um, seeing or hearing spirits, it, whether they're people you know or, or don't know. So um, there was just no way to really help people fully. And I felt like there's no way God intended us to have so many questions and also um, have so many different interpretations of the same book, right? So it right. just got really confusing um, what was real and what was not. So I, I started shifting into... Um, to what felt right like mm -hmm. just still using my gut because he does say that he gives us a conscience right right, so, right. absolutely yeah. yeah so that's where um i started searching more um especially as uh towards the end of of nate's life too um because things just got so dark for us and i couldn't and the church was not actually a great resource at the time. Right. I know we've had a lot right. of people that have tried to reach out to the church and the church doesn't necessarily have answers. Um, and you had talked about Nate. Now, Nate was your um, husband. That... Yeah, he was my husband. We were together for almost 15 years um, from the time I was 20. And he was the person that I was with when I became a Christian. And it kind of brought him back into his faith because he was raised that way. Mm -hmm. um, but sadly, Christianity did not have... Um, even the answers for Nate. Right. So at the end, um, tragically, you know, he fell into deep depression and even um, alcoholism for both of us when we didn't drink the first 10 years we were sure, together. Sure. So yeah. those things, um, the, the deterioration of a person, the deterioration of a marriage, like it was really uh, eye opening to watch. And it's hard when you're in the moment with that. Right. You don't have all the answers. And because I, I was still clinging on to Christianity, we really did not help ourselves fully. 
um, to be honest, because we were not examining anything uh, on the spirit level whatsoever. Right, right. So, um, so. you know, you had talked about uh, being a demon hunter. And before we get into that, let's go back six months where it all began. Um, I know that, you know, you had lost your husband, and I'm really sorry about that. But there was something that happened six months ago. Um, can you tell us what happened then? Yeah, I ran into a friend and we just hadn't seen each other for a while. And um, I had actually had an experience after my mom passed away um, during the summer with my own daughter. And I felt like we had to do a spirit release on her, which was really traumatic because she was two years old. So, um, and I believe that that was placed on her when my mom was living. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a, a reason for it. She wanted to claim her um, because I wouldn't let her see her. Um, at the time so um when i shared that story with my friend when we were catching up um and i felt safe sharing it she shared with me her husband was going through essentially demonic possession and he had on and off her whole life and she really truly didn't have anyone who was willing to hear that kind of story or even believe that kind of story but the reason why she had started to reach out was because her children were being attacked at night and she had a um, six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. And all three of them were having paranormal experiences wow. where it was a scary, scary monster that was sure. coming. And it was during the month of October. It was every single night for one of her daughters. Wow. <clears throat> so I just could not handle that story and sure. letting it stay. Right. Well, you know, right. it's, what's interesting, Jess, is most people would not have gotten involved, as you know. So mm -hmm. why did you? I mean, I mean, that's because wonderful that you did, but what? Yeah. yeah. Um, I just could not imagine a child um, not feeling understood or seen. And I really felt that way in my own life with my, my mom growing up. I felt like even though she was into this new age stuff, it was there was a darkness to my mom. Um, and she really never connected to me all the way. So I just, I don't know. I think I've always carried that in my life where it's like, if I ever see a child that's having this kind of experience and no one's listening to them, I'm going to listen to them Sure. and I'm going to do something about it. So I didn't actually ever want to get into demons. <laughs> and who um, does, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I, I feel like it was forced and, uh, I, you know, the whole time I was doing it, I have to say, like, they say it's not uh, brave if you're not scared. And I'll tell you, I mean, I, I was scared, but it took uh, practice. I just practiced this for the last year or so, I would say, um, just becoming desensitized to my emotions, I mm -hmm. guess, attached to like, oh, that's scarier. Well, what's this? Like, you know, it, it, is it attacking me? Like those things actually put you out of the solution. It, it, right, it just right. makes them feed on you, which I heard a million times, but right. to actually do it is Experience very hard. It. So, yeah. Right. And so we started actually, I, I started just calling people I knew that would be willing to deal with this issue and even within those people, my gut would instantly tell me like, nope, wrong person. They're sure. not, they're not actually going to solve the problem. Um, and then we, we actually spoke with the um, diocese for North Dakota mm -hmm. to get them involved. And they really 
do everything they can to not have to right. get involved. Right. They um, use the mental illness thing, us. right? <laughs> right. They they really want a psychological evaluation. Right. And even then right. it's like, well, wouldn't that make someone just more vulnerable? I don't understand why you wouldn't, you know, right. want get to involved. help someone, period. With our clients, right. we so, have a lot of people that, you know, try to reach out to the church and they get no help. So that's not uncommon. Yeah. So I was really at a loss for a while. And I was, I actually took like a, a road trip for the day, just about two and a half hours away. And I started listening to um, a podcast. And on that podcast, it was serendipitous that Joe was on there with his book, Demons, um, A Secular Look. And the way he, like, if I would have just seen the book, I probably wouldn't have bought it because I don't know what it was about. It's pretty, the the cover's pretty there. frightening. Yes. yes. Yeah. The covers, you gotta cover, you gotta cover the cover. That's right. <laughs> um, but it's such a good book. I, I mean, honestly, it's, it's more like a textbook of case studies and ultimately what he's learned over 15 years dealing with demons and I just found like it was just a wealth of knowledge and I'm so glad that during that trip I listened to that podcast and I found that book and then I went online to see if it was possible to to even contact Joe and so I found your guys's email and I wrote to you and I was so pleasantly surprised you guys got back to me fairly quickly um, I know you had a lot of cases that were coming into you at the time, but I uh, just told you a little bit about what was going on with um, my friend's husband, her children. And then I think at one point, because you were responding back to me, I put a little bit in there about myself and uh, my daughter's issue recently. And um, I, Magically, a lot of things got better over here. Their family, um, they went into probably one of the happiest periods that they've ever been in. And we didn't really know that you guys had bound any demons. I know. I think you guys, I think you guys just did it. Um, you checked in and, and found um, some there. And then... Um, I was telling you, like, I couldn't even report all of the things that were happening at the time. Right. So I stopped writing emails because I felt like I wasn't able to communicate enough clearly. And um, and so we kind of just ended communication. And, and you said, well, we're always here if you need us. And that's how we kind of left off. And so uh, within a couple of weeks, everything in their family like completely transformed it was almost like they literally had an exorcism um and during that time leah had been going around the whole house and saying prayers in every room she was doing holy water um i think she even did some say so she was actively um i guess you could say attacking the home sure blessing the home getting cleaning it yeah yeah, and, and, and also, you know, blessing her children, praying over them. Um, there were some scary incidents, you know, where her son had had an attack the night before, and that was the next day I got her some holy water, and we put it on him, and instantly he threw up. Yeah, um, yeah, that happens. he wasn't yeah. sick. Um, so it was just there was a lot of confirmation about uh, what was going on. 
um, in the home. But at the same time, I, I did not go in the home because right. I do have a family. Sure. And I didn't know enough about demons yet. I right. I just felt like, um, for the respect of also my spouse, he was like, please don't go. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I felt Stay away. She also understood, you know, uh-huh. that, uh, we'll we'll do whatever you tell us from this point. And they lived about 15 minutes outside of town too. So um, they they entered a beautiful period. And then I want to say somewhere around um, February, things started getting dark again. And it was very evident that um, he had had either let in or was attacked again by more demons right and so that is when i contacted you guys again and uh yeah and you let me know that um you had removed five in in november which made so much sense right because we literally saw it manifest without you telling us and that um you also found one on me and so that also I, was evident to me. I remember feeling like I could think clearer when I looked back, you know, and stepped more into um, my true mindset after, I guess, after you removed that. But I had no idea you had done that. Um, yeah, yes. So well, well demonic, demonic oppression. You know, demonic oppression, you know, um, your neighbor, um, he had demonic oppression. You had, we, you had mentioned that in your bio. And I just wanted to say a little mm-hmm. bit about the definition of that. It's a harassment, a process of breaking a person's will, creating fear, hallucinations that take on forms of some pretty scary stuff sometimes. And demons need a human host to do anything. Okay. But your demon and your demon experience was a little bit different. It is what we had right. determined as a incubus, which is a sex demon. Now, interesting yeah. enough. Um, you know, you were not um, physically harmed by this demon, which is a good thing. Um, but there's yeah. there's there's many different types of demons. They're malevolent, genocide, sex, so on. And the demon classes are defined in the book, Demons, A Secular Look. And an incubus has what I call a web or a harem of victims, which means it affects multiple people at once. And so you might not have been the center focus of this incubus, but you were part of the harem or the web where others may have a gang of demons, which this is what, um, you know, your neighbor had. Well, he had, you know, we got rid of some, but some more came in. It's kind of like they just kind of went up the ranks. Okay. So um, we talk about the demons um, and the incubus. So Jess, once you found out you had this incubus, how did that affect you? Um, at first I was, um, sad because I had to go back in my memory and, and see, you know, where it could have affected me in my life. And I really, I have always had, you know, some level of challenges. I feel like it's always felt like a spiritual war for me mm-hmm. since the day I was born. And that's really hard for, for people to understand. It sounds dramatic, but, um, it really does feel like my life's journey is moving towards this, like, you know, good and evil battle all the time. And it's not that I want to be on the evil side. I, I definitely am trying to be on the good side. Sure. Absolutely. Um, but it's, yeah, I'm gathering information just like everyone does our human experience. It's like, if you think, you know, everything by age 20 you're wrong. And even by age, you know, 38, I feel like I'm just, now getting my wisdom and adding all of this together um but it, i 
I'm realizing I had been suppressing um, a natural ability that it's always um, giving me information. And I I was over the last year or two really um, being affected where there were certain people I would be around and I would hear like immense amounts of cussing and Uh, mm -hmm. weird negative things were happening that I felt like I could not say out loud because it would be offensive for me to bring it up um, because it was silent to everyone else. But I was feeling things and hearing things that really were um, upsetting me so much so to the point that I like removed my daughter from a childcare situation because there was cussing coming from inside the home that you know, right. was not out of an actual person. And so um, I realized while you were helping me with this other case that I had a list of people that um, I believed had um, some level of demonic oppression in their life. And sure. you allowed me to give you that list. And yeah. through that, we learned that I am somewhat of a demon dowser that yeah. I'm able to sense and find. And we landed up finding, I think, or what was really you, because you found the names, um, 48 demons between all the people that I gave you, which was actually just the smallest, in my opinion. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And, you know, when um, you sit there and you say the number 48, people probably really freak out. But, you know, really, they're everywhere. Um, But, you know, you had a lot of pushback with your friends over this. So what was that like? Um, Well, I had pushback in the sense of, like, helping people with this. Everyone seems to think if you're going to help someone who has a demon issue that you're attracting them into your life and Mm -hmm. you're going to be attacked, which on some, some levels that is kind of true, but... Um, that's more if you you aren't being um, protective, I guess. And that's what I had to learn during this right. whole process is how to, first of all, keep my mouth shut. <laughs> it's hard because you want to help. <laughs> yeah, quite frankly, on the list, most of those people, I would say 90% of the people on the list will never know. Right, exactly. Or that they yeah. had a demon. So, it's a thankless job. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's what I... I feel like that is a part of my calling um is helping to find these names and find them in people and it was really amazing to hear from you guys that you know when you get a demon's name it doesn't matter who it's attached to right or or anything it's just well i have a name so I'm we're getting rid of it, it. yep yeah, right. exactly. So it just, it's going to be taken yeah. out. So yeah. Yeah. I started looking at it more like that and stopped making it so personal about right. the actual people sure. that are being affected. Because, yes, and on some level, some of the things that you're doing may attract or allow in a door or something like that. But on the other hand, I mean, you really don't know. And we found through the names that I gave you that the same incubus that was on me was on several of the people on right. the list yeah um and that was very eye-opening so i didn't have like a very vivid memory of uh event with the incubus but i did hear from several of these other people that they did have a memory of an incident sure like that now i've never updated them that i did anything with the story that they told me i right. just went ahead and talked to you guys about it and right. It, it just made me realize like this is this is the real work of of good against evil and us 
taking these things out, um, I saw it manifest before my very eyes in people's life. Sure, um, sure. One of the craziest things was, was one of the, you know, the people who had um, five out of the 48. Some people had more than others. Later, yeah, he, like, he, he showed up in a picture with his wife online and hadn't been, like, visible to the public for, I want to say, two years. Wow, um, sure. So it was almost like it, these little instant um, things that I got to see, like, wow, that really helped that family. I, I felt like I helped my friends, and they yeah. never will know. <laughs> and, and that's the thing is, like, you do it secretly or whatever. Not secretly, but, you know, you don't have to let them know. Because you had I have a quote here from your bio, and it says, if you want to lose all your friends and family in an instant, bring up demons. <laughs> Yes, and and even my my own family is the one that really reacted negatively sure. um, because we did find some stuff that needed to be cleared, and I thought because you know they're more open to talk about some of this stuff that they would be open to hearing like hey like this was found and you know if you could just continue clearing your property, take a lemon shower, things like that. I wanted to just you know talk to my own family about it because I thought they could handle it well sure. they could not yeah that's so, it it really um, says more about them than it than you okay yeah. and because you faced it all what some people believe right. is if you talk about demons you bring them in okay what people don't realize mm -hmm. it may already be there that's the thing it's like some people think that you have to actively bring in a demon that's not necessarily true right and they're and the biggest reason that they exist and keep getting to meddle in our lives is because they're convincing us all the time that we're being crazy for being that way. It's so extreme. It's so um, scary. And nobody wants to feel like they did something that wrong to invite that in. Right. Um, and it's not really about that. It's about like the, this, these things are constant. They outnumber us mm -hmm. and they're always they're always around. So if you think you're cleared all the time, you're not. They're just not, you know, in your face maybe because of how you are actually conducting yourself and your positive mindset, things like that really help. Um, but, yeah, like I, I still am kind of pinching myself, like am I really going to get into this stuff? Right. I can't help the fact that it, it basically comes to my doorstep. Yeah, I feel like people really do need a place to feel safe to talk about that with someone. Sure. Like, even just ask, like, does this sound like I may have? And it's just like, well, with Dorinda, it's, it's awesome because you just be like, okay, can you just check? Yeah, just <laughs> check it out. Yeah. I know. You know, in your bio, you, you had talked about um, after a fog, after the fog cleared, you connected uh, to the other side and demanded answers. So you do have psychic yeah. abilities then, right? Yeah. And I, and I'm, you know, I'm about to, I'll say my age, I'm about to turn 39 and I've never really tapped into those you know, mm -hmm. I know I have them and I used to always just chalk it up to an amazing intuition. But um, I also have like a um, an ability to sometimes predict the near future. Sure. Uh, that's something. And then I had that confirmed a couple of times by other intuitives. And um, I'm able to know things about people that, you know, they didn't tell me. So I started recognizing that um, I do have a lot of anxiety when I go certain places sure. or, or around certain people and 
I needed to tap into more of what that was. And you also helped me with coaching about how to also not be wide open. So open. Yeah. 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 That's another thing. Um, some people think that some people think that the psychic ability is a gift. And when I first got mine, I thought it was a curse really, you know? So it it took a long time for me because I had the same, you know, anxieties, you know, you go into a, 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 a grocery store and you hear everyone's problems, you know? And I'm like, I don't want, and you think you're crazy. That's the thing. He's like, you feel like you're crazy. And then, you know, in the Christian world, you know, just say, I think I'm psychic and just see what happens there. (laughs) You're you're like, you're, you're thrown out of the church on a rail, you know, you're like, really? So yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing, but I feel that your talent, you have a lot of extreme talents, but you recognize someone who is under a a demon, a demonic attack. And that is a pretty good friend to have, you know what I mean? (laughs) So, right. I hope people one day, I think, and that's what I try to tell myself, you know, one day people will circle back and, and maybe appreciate what I did for them behind closed doors. But, um, at the same time it's like i i've just had to work on my own feelings right right. about the fact that like people don't fully understand and um it's also you know like you told me once too that you know the demons are also able to just whisper in someone's ear yeah i'm crazy while i'm talking you know right sharing it with them so you never really know and um, I'm still working on learning this. Um, I, there's a couple of people that I believe uh, right now that I've, I've known for a little while that also um, have something going on. And so I've been trying to um, see if I can come up with some names myself. And then I was going to, um, yeah, let you confirm them. Yeah. Anything was right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's newer for me, but at the same time, I felt like I, when I look back, I've always been able to feel these things. I just was unwilling to acknowledge. It's like a muscle, um, you know, you have to work it, yeah. you know, you have to work the muscle. I believe that everyone has a little bit of psychic ability. Um, some, somebody might argue yeah. with that with me, but I just think that we do have like that intuition or whatever, and it's a muscle. Um, some people are a little bit yeah. better at it than others, but you know, you it's years of training and the training is is that you just kind of go with it. Like, you know, like with the names, it's like a, a form of psychometry with me. And it's like, at first I'm like, okay, this name seems really ridiculous. Okay. Cause they try to trick you with the names because once you have their name, you have control over them. But you know, it's like, and uh, it, it's just, it's, it's amazing. We have, um, we had, we had a, a team member. We had a team member that um, with our team, um, and we talk about protection all the time. And we had a team member who became a little arrogant, act a little t- like he's a tough guy and been, you know, demon slapped, so to speak. He was demon slapped. Okay. His home became invested with demons. So, you know, he called us in the middle of the night and is like, you know, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to bind this thing and put it in, you know, in the circle. And he goes, I'm trying to get his name. And I'm like, what? You know, you don't have his names first. Why would you even you know, entertain a demon if you yeah. don't have their name first? So that's the thing is like people get a little arrogant, like, yeah, I'm a demon hunter and I can do all this. Well, yeah, you, you find out, right? That's you can't right. do that. Um, and that's the thing, too. I'm not really eager to find demons because I right. know, do feel it's a vulnerability for me or, you know, mm-hmm. in the book, you'll learn that like when you're psychic you are more instantly attached versus someone who doesn't have that direct um 
you know, communication with spirits. Um, yeah, I definitely would be flooded immediately with fearful visions. Right. So that's why I would never really want to do that part. Um, right. But with the protection, that's a huge thing for me. I would say like my house, I have worked for tirelessly for the last couple of years trying to make it um, like a Fort Knox, like spiritually safe right. and um one of the great ones you helped me add to my security system was um the hawthorn berries yes. and i feel like that really yeah really works i carry that with me and i put in all my windows and doorways um and now i've started giving it to friends <laughs> i know it's funny it's like you know and yeah. like even the lemon shower you had mentioned the lemon shower and yeah. we have a case right now where the woman refuses uh, to take a lemon shower because she doesn't she hasn't found any information on the internet well first of all the internet doesn't have ev all the information second of all it's a native american thing and the native americans is more of a um uh, right. uh, uh speaking you know it's, it's a spoken uh, tradition, not a written tradition. And I'm so, and I just thought, you know, what harm is it for you just to put a little lemon juice on you and just see what happens? But you know, she, really, seriously, so simple. It makes it sound, really I know silly. people think it's silly. You and to. you just pour, you know, lemon juice over, I, I just do a little bit over my head and then the rest I pour down my back sure. and front. So it really reaches everything. And I mean, right now, while we were going through this, I did it once a week, but there was even an instance, you know, leading up to the binding. So they, these things were not bound yet, um, where it tried to stop me from doing the lemon shower. Sure. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it like I overheated the lemon juice somehow and it was scolding. So then I tried to like, you know, get it cooler and then oh i went to walk to the shower and i slipped oh my gosh poured everywhere i mean it was just like a, a comedy of errors and it just felt kind of you know orchestrated in some way and simultaneously my friend you know was being trapped in her house you know it broke her garage door oh my goodness like, yeah cutting it cut the chain it was a newer garage door oh my goodness um, opener it cut the chain um it threw down on the car um and her kids were in there that was terrifying and yes. then oh my the goodness. next morning when they manually lift this door up to go take her kids to school her car dies in the driveway as she's pulling out <laughs> it was doing everything it could to keep them in an area that it felt like it could control them um and it, you know my friend's such a strong person but that was like probably the the one day she finally felt broken a bit and was like i just want this to end and um you know it was really us just waiting for the time that you guys would be able to bind them it was right. not like you know, we weren't going to do it. It was just, you know, we also have real jobs. <laughs> yeah, we have real jobs and, and we get it all the time. Like I said, in the middle of the yeah. night and, you know, we have what we call the demon phone now because otherwise we get no sleep. And it's, it's, it's very sad because we have a process and the process is because we have to protect ourselves as well, because if we're gone, then there's no one to help you, you know, at this point. So, um, you know, people contact us through the website and then we usually try to contact you, um, to set up a phone interview and the phone interview is to see what you really have going on there because sometimes it's, it is just ghost and you know, ghosts, mm -hmm. you can't really do as much with as the demons, which seems really weird to say, but that's true. So <clears throat> it is, it's a person you're going to have to talk to. And that's another thing people 
really want to just be able to wave some sage and then everything's going to be gone and that's just not how it works right imagine if it was your home or you know you're dead and there's people there you some people don't even know that they're fully dead they still right that they can like if they just figure this out they'll be back right (laughs) right well, Jessica, we're running out of time, um, so we're going to stop this right now, and then um, we're going to come back. We're going to keep continue to talk to Jessica for the next episode, so tune in. Um, this is Dorinda right. Stewart, the wife of a demon hunter.